Well, I'm excited to be here this morning to speak to you. I was a little bit sick yesterday, but the Lord healed me a little bit, enough to be able to preach. Amen? So I'm not coughing, and this is a good thing. So, But if I do get into a coughing attack, which I don't think I will because the Lord healed me of that, President Hang will just come up and take over and just finish the message for me. So that'll work good. So today I want to talk to you about uh, spiritual authority. Um, I have a granddaughter, if you could put that picture up there. Her name is, uh, do you have it? That picture of Tessa. There she is. Isn't she the sweetest, cutest little thing? She is a precious, precious girl, but let me tell you, she has another side to her. Tessa thinks that, the, that it is Tessa's world. She just turned three, and she is three in all of her glory. And as much as we love her and laugh with her, we also have to keep her on a very tight leash, so to speak. And so yesterday morning, Tessa w- woke up, and she walked out into the living room, and her mom and her hadn't really had any interaction, but she walked out with a declaration. And she had her, like, you know, she walked out like this, you know, because she's, she's got a declaration to, to sell. She's going to tell some truth. And te- at the top of her lungs, Tessa said, I'm not wearing pants. Princesses don't wear pants. I'm wearing a dress. And she turned around and walked back in her room. Princesses don't wear pants. And Jocelyn's like, oh, okay, that's, that's great. But how many know Tessa thinks that she's in charge of her world, right? She thinks that she has authority over everything that she does. How many know she doesn't have authority, although she did wear a dress yesterday? But um, I wanted to talk to you a little bit today about authority and how many know that that's not the way that you want to exert authority, especially the spiritual realm. But this last uh, week, we had such a powerful move of God, didn't we? How many were blessed by Mother Tennyson? Thank you for being here today, Mother Tennyson. A little, little bit nervous to speak in front of you, but I'm, I'm, I'm blessed that you're here. But God's been moving in this, in this place, as he always has. But there is a special touch, I think, just because of what we've all gone through and what we're presently going through. But several students have been blessed by God, baptized in the Holy Spirit. We had some healings last week. We had people delivered from strongholds in their minds. And I really believe that what's happening is that God is aligning us. And he is making us ready. And I wore my battle gear today. I wore my camouflage here today for a reason. Because I've really been studying a lot about spiritual authority and about being readied for the battle that is before us. I mean, we always have battles before us, but there is just a real intensity in the season that we are in. And so I really believe that when you have an experience at the altar, it, it changes you. But then you have to walk differently. How many know you can't just have an experience with Jesus and then go back and do the same thing the same way you always have? There's a requirement of us as believers to do something different, to trust the Lord in a deeper way. And so I believe God's igniting us 
in different areas of our lives. We all have different experiences. And you know, in military disciplines, don't allow. So when, when the commander-in-chief says something, you don't get out of position. You stay in position until he tells you to do something else, right? And so we have to proceed from here with the authority that God has placed in our lives. I believe so many times we don't understand the authority that we have as believers. And if we do kind of understand, we're not really using it. And I think that's kind of where the church has been recently. We're not stepping out in that authority. But my first point is this. How many know that to be in authority, you must be under authority? To be in authority, you must be under authority. You can turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 10 or turn your phones on. We're going to talk about authority. And in this chapter, Luke chapter 10, Jesus is getting ready to send out the 72. And he's getting ready to send them out because the harvest is ripe and the workers are few. And he says, go before me and really prepare the way. Go before me and gather in the harvest. And so I'm going to read it to you real quickly here. It says, starting in verse uh, 2, he says, He told them the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into the harvest field. Go, I am sending you out like lambs among wolves. Do not take your purse or bag or sandals, and do not um, do not greet anyone on the road. When you enter the house, first say peace to the house. If someone who, prom who promotes peace is there, your peace will re rest on them. And if not, it will return to you. Stay there eating and drinking whatever they give you, for the worker deserves his wages. Do not move around from house to house. When you enter a town and you are welcomed, Eat what is offered to you and heal the sick. And um, there tell them that the kingdom of God has come near to you. But when you enter a town and you are not welcomed, go into the streets and say, even the dust of your own town will be wiped off of our feet. Going down to chapter, or to verse 16, it says, whoever listens to you, um, whoever listens to you, listens to me. Whoever rejects you, rejects me. But who Ever rejects me rejects him who sent me and then in verse 18 it says um, in verse 19 it says I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy and nothing will harm you how many know that is a battle plan right there God is is getting ready to send out the workers and he doesn't leave them without a battle plan. And he says, I've given you authority, and that word authority means jurisdiction. So he says, I've given you jurisdiction. You see how he talked about it. When you go into a city, you're going to really have jurisdiction over that city. And if they welcome you, then you put your peace upon them. If they don't welcome you, you take your peace back. He says, I have given you jurisdiction or to be endued with ability and strength over something. That's what that word means. What are we um, having ability and strength over? Snakes and scorpions. What that means is it represents the most dangerous forces 
of evil, of spiritual evil, snakes and scorpions. And how many know that the enemy does not want you to know how to use your authority? Satan will do anything he can to get you away from using your authority. He wants you to not care that you have authority. See, he wants you to be lulled to sleep, to be apathetic towards the things that God has given you so that you can walk in authority. He doesn't want you to know how to use the weapons that he's given you. Because you are not a threat to the enemy if you are not walking in your God-given authority. He doesn't have to worry about you. However, I will say, even though he's not maybe worried about you influencing for the kingdom, he's still going to take you out because his whole goal is to steal, kill, and destroy you. But he doesn't want you to have any influence. But listen, the one who does walk in authority, the Bible says that Satan is terrified of that authority inside of you. It says all hell trembles when you walk in your God-given authority. All hell trembles. So it's not about your ability. It's about your authority. Because remember, he says, I'm sending you out as lambs among wolves. I kind of wish it was the reverse. But how many know wolves can handle themselves? But lambs are dependent. And God's desire is that we are dependent upon his authority, not our own. And so Ephesians 6, chapter, thir- uh, chapter 6, verse 13 says this, Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when in the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after uh, you have done everything to stand, what does it say? Stand firm, therefore. That word stand literally means to sustain your authority. You need to sustain your authority. And then he goes on to say and describe the weapons that he has given you. Stand firm, having girded yourself with truth and salvation and walking in righteousness and peace and faith. He says, put on the word of God. And how many know those are all offensive weapons? God doesn't put armor on your backside. He's not, he's not intending you to turn and run. His, his weapons and his armor are for the front because he intends for you to stand firm. Amen? And then it says in verse 18, praying in the spirit of all time. Oh, there we go. There it is again. Praying in the spirit. That heavenly language that I talked about last time I spoke and we saw happen here last week. People getting baptized in the Holy Spirit. It's a weapon of war for the believer is our heavenly language. And it's all designed to help us to stand. God has fully equipped us so that, Romans 12, 2 says, we do not conform again to the pattern of the world. So we stay firm and stand firm in what we know is truth and righteousness and faith and peace. We stand firm in those weapons. How many know that we fight a battle, but we fight differently as believers? We're not fighting against the flesh and blood. We're fighting against principalities and powers. Not things that you can see, 
but things that you know are there. So if you're trying to fight a spiritual battle with carnal weapons, how many know it's going to be trouble? You can't fight with the things that the world provides, which is lashing out, which is gossiping, which is doing all those things, bitter and all those things that the world provides and how you fight, slander, speaking out on social media against something. Those are not the tools that we are called to use. We're not called to um, use our own strength. We're not supposed to use our own thoughts. We're not supposed to try to figure it out. Anybody ever tried to figure out something on your own? Anybody ever try to control the narrative? Like my, daughter, my granddaughter, Tessa, she's controlling her narrative. We will get ourselves in a mess if we rely on our own understanding, on our own thoughts, on our own strength. And listen, if you think that you are control, in control, you've already been deceived. You've already been deceived if you think you're in control. There are two kingdoms. It's the kingdom of God and the kingdom of the enemy. One of them is in control. And you are not either. We fight a spiritual battle using spiritual weapons. And number two is our position has to be battle ready. We have to be battle ready. He's, been, he's equipped you with every, everything that you need, Second Peter says. And he's equipped you for now, not for when you get out of college. He hasn't equipped you for when you start life, quote unquote. He hasn't equipped you for when that job happens or when then you get into ministry. He's equipped you for right now. And you are in training right now. I would actually say that you will always be in training. You, I am still in training, even now at 59 years old. We are always in training. And we have to be battle ready. We have to have a clear understanding of the playing field. We have to have a clear understanding and know who our enemy is. Our enemy is cunning and he is smart and he is manipulative. He is relentless. He is evil, but he is powerless over the believer. He is powerless over you and I. The only power that he has is if that we, the power that we give him if we will believe his lie. That's the only time that he gains access is if we believe the lies that he's saying. You know, this false narrative that's saying, well, this is my truth. Can I tell you that there is no such thing as your truth unless it lines up with the truth? Can I just tell you the truth now? There is no my truth unless my truth lines up with the truth. So we have to know our enemy. We also have to know ourselves that we can't do anything apart from Christ because all of our authority is in Christ. And most importantly, we need to intimately know our God. We need to intimately know our God. Intimacy, friends, is the key to authority. Intimacy is the key to authority. It's that close proximity where it said in in chapter 16, whoever listens to you listens to me. Whoever rejects you rejects me, but whoever rejects me rejects him who sent me. It's all intertwined because you're living so close when you're living intimate with God that whatever he says, I hear, and then I speak. I don't speak unless I hear. 
He doesn't speak unless he hears the Father speak. We have to be so intertwined and moving as one. See, intimacy is tricky for us as on this earth because intimacy requires humility. It requires surrender and it requires obedience. And you might be saying, well, Mrs. H, you're talking about authority. Isn't authority where you're strong and, and you're standing up and you're in charge? Well, it actually is the, op- the opposite of that. Authority only happens when you're surrendered to the one who has given you the authority. Your authority is found in your understanding of who Christ is in you. We already know that intimacy happens when when we abide in him, when we are in that close proximity. Amen? Jesus promised that if we abide in him in John 15, what did he say? He said, everything will be given to you. Whatever you ask will be granted because you're in intimacy with the, with, with the Father. So whatever you ask is going to be the will of God. When you hear his heart and you know what he's saying, then whatever you ask, you're going to pray the very will of God when you're walking in intimacy. And that's where the authority is. It's being aware of what God is doing, and I'm going to join in with him instead of trying to figure out what I want to do. God, what are you doing in this place? What are you doing when I'm at the Mall of America? Are you doing something here, God? Let me join in. Let me be a part of it because I'm hearing your voice and I want to be a part of whatever you're doing. Me and God are, um, have this thing going on right now. Well, it's been quite a while, actually. He likes to wake me up at night, usually around 2 o'clock. It happened last night. Usually for about two hours. How many know that's an issue? Almost every night for two hours, I'm awake. And I used to think, this is the devil. He's just trying to get me. He's trying to get me off my balance. And I used to freak out and um, thinking I'm going to be a wreck tomorrow because I need my sleep. Otherwise, I'm going to be really grumpy. How am I going to handle my kids? How am I going to handle my grandkids? How am I going to work? How am I going to hear the voice of God when I'm too tired? You know? I would get stressed out, and my mind would start reeling, and I'd do play-by-plays. Anybody ever do a play-by-play of all the things that you did wrong or maybe that you didn't get accomplished or what could happen or what might happen or what somebody said to you or what somebody said about you to someone else? Working um, worry and anxiety and fear would always take the lead when I would wake up at 2 o'clock, and I don't know why 2 o'clock. There's not some godly thing about 2 o'clock. But then I discovered something. I realized that God's training me for something. It was my tra- it's been my training ground. You know, the Bible says in Psalms 144, verses 1 and 2, it says, Praise be to the Lord, my rock, who trains my hands for war, and my fingers for battle. He is my loving God and my fortress, my stronghold and my deliverer, my shield in whom I take refuge, who subdues people under me. How many know the Lord trains us, and he doesn't let us pick the time that he wants to train us. So I decided that I'd change things up. When I realized that it wasn't that 
I was letting the enemy have some space in my mind. I said, I'm going to change things up here. I took authority over it. What I did was I said, if I'm going to wake up, I'm going to start praying in the spirit. I'll show that enemy. I'm going to start praying in the spirit. I'm going to take advantage of the night hour. And I began to worship when I woke up. I began to bind the works of darkness when I woke up and loose the kingdom of heaven into my situation. I began to declare healing over people that I knew were sick. And I began to pray for my family and for my nation. I figured, you know what? If this is Satan, I'm going to punch his lights out with prayer. And if it's God, I'm going to join him in what he's trying to teach me. I'm going to join him in what he's doing, and I'm going to see miracles take place. So when I did that, when I changed things up, guess what? I got my authority back. My mind was renewed. I learned how to war, not in my own ability, but in his presence. I learned to rest in his presence and not be freaked out because I was going to be too tired tomorrow. I learned um, that everything is done in his presence. And no striving, no worry, no anxiety, but being in position to accomplish what God was desiring of me. You are only a threat to the enemy when you stay in your position of intimacy. Intimacy will produce in you authority. Number three, your authority requires that you believe. You must believe. Paul prayed, I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe in him. How many know his power is there regardless? But if we don't believe in it, we're not going to be able to utilize it. God requires of you and I, he requires human participation in his divine plan. He says, I'm going to do something great, but I'm going to do it through you. So I need you to be in position and walking in your authority so that I can use you. So he says, put on truth. Believe in truth. Eat the truth. Read the truth. Read the word of God. Let it be what you wake up to and what you go to bed to. It is the truth that is going to set you free. Believe that you are clothed in righteousness, that you're not walking under guilt and condemnation, but you walk in righteousness. Jesus, because he died on the cross, he looks at, God looks at you and he sees you through the blood of Jesus and he sees that you are righteous. So you walk in freedom because you are the righteousness of God in Christ. He says, maintain your peace because peace isn't something that we pray for. It's something that's already inside of us because Jesus is there. Be assured of your salvation and what it has given you. You are set free. Walk in faith. Step out in faith and wield the word of God. We fight with the word. And then the Bible says, like I said, pray in the spirit. We have to circle back again to that. I want to keep it ever in front of us because it's one of the most powerful weapons that God has given to us. Jude 20, 21, it says, But you, beloved, edify or build yourself up in the most holy faith and pray in the Holy Spirit. And we remember Ephesians says, pray always in the Spirit. 
praying in, in the spirit and edifying yourself is like building this superstructure, this edifice in your spirit of divine operation that houses the anointing of God. The enemy cannot penetrate it because you're in the throne room of God. The enemy cannot understand what you're saying or praying, and so he cannot thwart the plan of God because he cannot understand what you are praying. So he can't dispatch his, his demons out to try to thwart it. There is such power in the in the power of the Holy Spirit, such power in the heavenly language of the Holy Spirit. And I don't continue to harp on this because I want you to feel like you're on the outside if you don't do it. I want to entice you. I want to draw you in because I know what it produces in us as believers. I want each person to have it so that we can all walk in that same authority and strength. It allows us to understand the revelation knowledge of God. It reveals the mysteries of God. It illuminates the wisdom of God and activates the power of God in our life because there is an open heaven when we speak in our heavenly language. we got to know that so that wherever you are and whatever you do, you will have what you need because there is an open heaven there and you've been praying in the spirit at all times. So everything is readied, everything is set up for you to receive everything that you need in the moment. Spiritual authority, it's about believing that God has given you that. It's about the ability to stand firm and to stay and to remain and to stay in your authority. Being in our position, which is battle ready because you've been equipped abiding in intimacy, putting on the armor of God, praying in the spirit. God has fully equipped each and every one of us as believers. Let's stand up together. I want to pray for you today. And again, if you have not been baptized in the Holy Spirit, you've not received your heavenly language, come down to the altar because we have people here that are going to pray. We're going to keep going after the things of God, the things of the spirit in a mighty way here. But I want you to bow your heads with me right now, and I want to ask you, have you, if you desire greater authority, if you have a, a desire to walk in a greater authority in God by believing, by understanding what you know now, I want you to raise your hand because we're going to pray that God will put upon you the understanding, will open up your heart to the truth that he is caused you to walk in authority, has given you everything that you need. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, bring your word of truth to each and every one of us, God. Lord, I pray, Father, that we would walk in the authority that God has given us. Lord, that we would not be hindered, Father, by the things of this world. We would not allow the enemy to thwart the truth, God, of the power that we have in you, Lord that we would clothe ourselves in the armor of God, Lord, and we would walk in that, Lord. Cause us to believe, Holy Spirit. I pray in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. Amen. We're going to keep the altars open. If you want prayer, we're going to have some people down here to pray. But I just pray blessing upon you. God bless you. Have a great day. If you have to go to class, you're free and dismissed.